Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It has been a minute, hasn't it? And I've missed you. And before I dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to say a couple of things to kick off the first episode of 2022. I want to say thank you. Um, I have a couple of people that I really want to say thank you to because this podcast has existed for a whole year now. And so, yeah, we just got to run through these things. Okay. First of all, a huge, mega, ginormous thank you to Fitch and Leeds and specifically to Mike, who he actually listens to this podcast. So if you're listening, Mike, thank you very much for all of the work that you guys do with me on the show and for almost a whole year of our partnership has been awesome and Mike thank you for always showing up with a cocktail for me and my guests and listening to me and my crazy ideas for all the things I want to try and I'm so grateful to have you guys work on the show with me too thank you to every single guest that has come on so far because the show is so much fun because I get to talk to some really incredible people and I appreciate you all showing up and being goofy and being captivating and being excited to share your stories with us like me and the listeners and without that this show would not be as much fun as it is and three thank you to you for listening right here right now for anyone who has ever tuned into this show used a promo code messaged me supported me I really really can't thank you enough for your time and your energy and your support and I wouldn't be so excited to release content on this little platform without you so thank you so much and I'm looking forward to another year of me rambling into my microphone alone without further ado we should get into this next episode and always remember before we get started to drink and contemplate responsibly does anyone else need a cocktail? Welcome back, everyone, to my first episode of the new year. I'm going to give my guest a quick introduction because she's going to make her cocktail as we get going. So I'm so excited to have the first guest of 2022 be the incredibly talented and wonderful singer-songwriter, musician, Devin Glover. Welcome. Thank you so much. I didn't know this was your first show of the year. I'm yeah. honored to be the first. 2022, baby. Uh, so yeah, you may be familiar it. with Devin. She is a member of the folk pop group Wild Rivers. Yeah, You'll probably know some of their hit songs, such as Thinking About Love or Wandering Child, just to name a few. Um, she's also started to release her own independent projects, some solo stuff, and put out two EPs in 2021 called Liquid Sunshine and Pink Noise. And those yeah. feature some songs like Real Shot, which personally gets stuck in my head all the time, um, Feel Better and Almost, which has almost has over 1.5 million plays on Spotify. So yeah, thank you so much for joining me that. today, Devin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to chat. Devin is making her cocktail and mine is right beside me. As you know, the drill. Okay. We always have a cocktail I just made feature. It. She's made it Cheers. already. Well. Cheers. <laughs> wow, it's good. Really it's good. so good. So the cocktail of this episode is called the Bee's Knees. And if you're not familiar, it is a gin-based prohibition era cocktail. So it's got honey, um, 
our Fitch and Leeds tonic, of course, and lemon and gin. It's really good. It's so I didn't good. know it was pro- prohibition era. Yeah. So new. actually fun fact about this cocktail, you know how it's called the bee's knees, which is yeah. like slang for the best because prohibition era, like alcohol was illegal. Obviously, like you couldn't buy it. They started calling it that because it was like a favorite cocktail and that's how it got its name because it's like slang off of the best. But so like blended in with was like a secret name. It's the same with Tom Collins. The reason it's called Tom Collins is because they were like trying to refer to like a person. So it was like a sneaky order. Oh, that's so cool. Some cocktail history for anyone. So Devin, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction for the audience? Yeah, sure. I think you covered it all. But yeah, I am a singer-songwriter from Toronto, um, Wild Rivers, and my solo project or my main project just just launched my solo project uh, last year, as you mentioned. And yeah, I think you I think you got it all. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, we'll cycle. We'll get right into it then. So Wild Rivers formed when you were at university at Queens, correct? In Kingston. Yes. Kingston. I said Kingston. Kingston. In, is- in Kingston. <laughs> yes. And it started as just a duo and then has since kind of taken on different forms at different times. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the origin? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, Khaled, who's the other singer in Wild Rivers, and I both went to Queens. We were studying things completely separate from music, but um, both really wanted to get more involved in music and we're kind of doing our own thing, like playing at coffee houses, playing at open mics and just trying to meet people in a music community because I think we had big dreams for music, but didn't really know how to pursue them because it's such like an ambiguous path. Um, And then one day we met each other and we linked up and we were like, okay, we can do this together. Started playing shows in Kingston and started building kind of like a following organically there just by playing every week Um, our friends would come and then they would invite people and it kind of built to the point where when we graduated we we were like oh maybe we can do this in real life and maybe we can you know give it a go as like a career Um, and so Cal had a friend who was our first drummer who also went to Queens and he introduced us to Andrew who's still in the band um, lead guitar and synths and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, we released our first album in 2016. Had no idea how to make an album, but we were just kind of learning on the fly, booking ourselves on tour, um, and then just kind of like kept at it. And we've been together for six years now, so it's pretty crazy. And that album, did did you release that album independently? We did. Yeah, we did. We, um, yeah, we got really lucky. We we released it independently and we all we didn't have a team at the time. It was just the four of us and we kind of like divided and conquered roles. So someone would do the emailing, somebody would do like email marketing, someone would do the booking the shows. We all kind of divvied it up and we just treated it like a full-time job and one day um early days of Spotify one of the songs got on a playlist and and kind of gave us our first taste of like exposure to people other than our friends and family and uh we started kind of routing tours based on like the data we got from the back end of Spotify and honestly just used all the tools that we had at our fingertips with like the internet and I feel like we got literally lucky with the timing of Spotify and everything like that so 
at the time, yeah, we just released the album independently and we got lucky that it got some exposure on its own. But um, yeah, that that's kind of how it all began. I feel like overnight Spotify was like, international like it was like a thing that was kind of a thing and then all of a sudden it was like everyone had it and iTunes wasn't a thing anymore yeah I remember because I went on an exchange in the UK um in my third year of university and the UK had Spotify before we did and it was kind of a thing there that everybody had I had never heard of it and I was just amazed by the platform and I was like oh like you don't own the songs like you can't keep them and that was just over my head and then like a year later it was just like everybody in Canada had it. You've described yourself as a songwriter in a lot of your bios on Spotify and and Instagram etc. How does songwriting work for you versus like the band or your own content since you've started releasing? Yeah so I think my solo project kind of is me writing for a bunch of different genres other than the kind of like indie folk space that we've occupied as a band. Um, I've always loved a bunch of genres of music. I've always loved pop music. I've always loved R&B. And so I always kind of wrote those songs naturally and and have always had that side of me that I love singing that stuff. So Um, it's kind of a separate part of my brain I feel like when I'm writing with the band um, we just approach it totally differently than if I'm if I'm on my own and over the past couple years with the pandemic I just had so much time to I couldn't see anybody and I was just alone in my like little basement studio and it was kind of a nice time to just explore that side of myself more and that's kind of how the solo project happened. So when you're writing with the band, how does your process work between three, sometimes four people on one song? It's kind of different every time. Uh, Some of the songs are just like one or two of us. Some of the songs will start as a group. Sometimes somebody will bring an unfinished idea and then we'll kind of finish it all together. Um, Some are just someone brings a finished song and then we'll kind of arrange it together. So it's nice because we can approach it from a lot of different ways. Um, And like when we get stuck, we can kind of just like look at it in a completely different light. But for the songs we've written together, um, we'll kind of just like post up in a room and play, like fiddle around with guitar parts or piano parts and just kind of like hum melodies over them until something feels like it sticks. Yeah. And then sometimes it comes with words already. Sometimes it's just a melody and then we'll kind of try and like find the emotion of what we're singing and the chords and be like, okay, like what, what can we say here? What does this feel like it's about? And then try and kind of build a narrative around that. Um, Sometimes it's like lyrics first. So there's the, the best and worst part of songwriting is that there's really no like one way to approach it. Sometimes that can be frustrating and sometimes that can just like help you kind of break your habits. But yeah, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of do it a bunch of different ways. And I think those different processes birth like different kind of songs. Yeah. So you have an upcoming album coming out with Wild Rivers, right? Is it the 2nd of February? I made that up. Uh, February 4th. So 4th. two weeks from today. I was, actually. I was close guessing February. You were, you were very close. I'm, it's, I'm impressed. I actually should have known that. I should have I should have done better oh, research. Oh, that's before. okay. That is okay. <laughs> I think it's the 2-2. I'm like, 
22 and then 2022 it's like angel numbers so Ooh, I, like, yeah. I didn't yeah I have an obsession with angel numbers so that's why. what is it what is an angel number like I've seen a lot of people posting about that what does it mean um so angel numbers are <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy it's a message from your spirit guide <laughs> okay no I'm open to this kind of stuff so like I'm like a firm believer in all of this like universe stuff but I also understand that it sounds crazy, like to the logical brain. I have my tarot totally. cards literally right beside me. Ooh, see, here's the thing. I love dipping my toes in that kind of thing. I've just like never invested time to really get to know it. But every time somebody enlightens me on that side of spirituality and whatever you want to call it, yeah. I'm so interested and I'm so like down to learn about it okay I'll tell you about the spirit uh, angel numbers but then I have a, I actually kind of had a question for you guys about okay. magic <laughs> I know okay, that okay. sounds crazy there's you, no there's no li- nothing's off limits in this chat um so angel numbers are basically messages so every like um it's it's not so much as like every series of numbers that you see mean something so like looking at 618 right now it's like that's just a number on a clock. It's not actually that this means something. But if you're seeing like a continued a continuation over and over and over again, like for me, I see 414 like all the time, like okay, all okay. sorts of places. And I make notes in my phone when I see stuff like kind of like once it's four times. I'm like, okay, that that's like not so much a coincidence anymore. Like I think this is something. And then I'll like research what it means, what like that message means. And I'm like, oh, that's actually quite applicable to my life. So like 111 or 1111, that's I usually 1111 the- all the time. Okay. So that's your time. spirit guide trying to communicate with you. So if you see like something in three or four, like two, 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 three, 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 four, four, whatever, just like see it and acknowledge it and be like, okay, I'm ready to receive more messages. Cause then they'll start, they'll start giving them to you. And I, I know it sounds crazy, but I started this in the spring and it took a couple of months. And then all of a sudden I've been like seeing tons, like so many. And my favorite one to see is 444 because that means you are protected. Like it's like your angels are looking out for you. And so whenever I like feel overwhelmed, I'm like, can you please show me 444 somewhere? Like I feel stressed and I like, well, so they each mean a different, like yeah. one, 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 two, 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 three. They each have like a specific thing yeah. that they mean. So two, okay, two, two. Cool. 222 means right place, right time. So 2022 is like a power year. Ooh, There's like so okay. much energy. Um, 111 means to like acknowledge your surroundings, like take in what's going on and kind of, it's more kind of like a manifest number. So it's like, oh, I'm really grateful. Like I'm today I'm rehearsing for tour and I saw 111. Like I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that this is my life. I get to like pursue this, but yeah, there's like tons, tons of meanings for so many things. So like, um, have a book <laughs> that I use and like refer to. That's cool. I like that. I, I I like I find I think it's so important to create or acknowledge meaning because I mean I can definitely like go get into dark places where I'm just like nothing matters. Like what's the point of it all? And I think it's so important to be like, no, this is significant and this this is this is what this means and I'm gonna choose to believe it because life is boring if you just choose to believe that nothing matters yes okay there's actually one number that I see I think it might be 414 I forget but that's always like your words create your reality like you need to like just speak your reality and it'll be real and I was like okay so like this year I've been like 
it's good. You don't have to be like scared of like what people think about your tarot cards. And like, I don't force it upon anyone, but I'm like, oh my God, I pulled this card and it's so applicable to me today. Or like, um, like these numbers or like color, like the magic of color. Like there's so many things that like I explore and like the moons, like the cycles of the moons, like the moon on Monday was like a full moon in cancer, which is really emotional. And I was like, well, no wonder everyone's so emotional right now. And it's cool, like, yeah. yeah, the moon on Monday was actually crazy. It's kind of crazy tonight, too. It's very bright. It is. It's so bright right now. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, but I, I actually <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question about the two titles of Pink Shades and Pink Noise. So okay. pink has meaning like the color pink has spiritual meaning <laughs> since we got on this. Have you ever heard of like color magic? No. Okay. So my friend was telling Enlighten me. About color. me. Okay. So pit, pink is a color of love, but it's like more gentle than red. It's like self-love. And so okay. what's what was really interesting because liquid sunshine, I know you talked about like self-love being a part of that, but pink, pink noise had pink in the title and then pink shades um, was wild rivers and I was like and your hair is like going from pink and purple and stuff and I was like okay pink has got some hold on Devin right now like I want to know Whoa. what your connection is to it okay okay they're a little separate but I like what you said about the self-love thing because like for pink noise where it came from is that it was a, it was like pink noise is used um, a lot of the time for sleep therapy and and for a long period of time while I was making that EP, I was like listening to Pink Noise to fall asleep and kind of like quiet my thoughts and just help me sleep easy. And I I found that there was like a nice parallel of like that period of time and what the EP was for me, like being able to kind of like process it and get that stuff out was like helping me sleep at night like Pink Noise. Um, and I was and I was also listening to Pink Noise, but I think like the process of making that EP was like a an act of self-love because it was just something I'd wanted to do for so long and it was like me stepping out of my comfort zone and like giving myself permission to just try shit when sometimes I mean it's funny because looking back on that EP I'm just like oh wow I really wish that I was like a little more intentional with it because it, it's just kind of like I, I had a bunch of songs and I just picked a bunch and was like cool this will be an EP and there's things I wish that I did differently but I think I just needed to push myself to just get something out in the world and like start that path for me um, that I had wanted to do for so long. So I think that what you said about self-love resonated because like it felt like a kind of like brave act of self-love to like put that out. But um, pink shades is a metaphor or like, I guess maybe not a metaphor, but um, a symbol of like rose colored glasses. The song is about kind of like, it's about uh actually I didn't write it I should say that it's Cal's Cal wrote it but um it is about like depression um feeling like you took rose colored glasses off Mm. um and so pink shades it's just like pink glasses okay so when you wrote pink noise did you already have all the songs that were on liquid sunshine like no so just released a whole album well, no, no, no. So Liquid Sunshine came from the pandemic and Pink Noise came from pre-pandemic. Like I had done a bunch of collaborations with people on writing trips and um, 
I just had a bunch of songs and I was like, I should put these out. So this will be an EP. Um, so I kind of just like took the demos I had and made them full songs and then threw them together and put it out. And that's why the that's why the second EP came so quickly after because I had had the Pink Noise songs like in my back pocket for a while. And so while that was coming out, I was already working on the next thing. It was like an Ariana Grande power move where she dropped two albums <laughs> in one year. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm Ariana Grande. Um, yeah. Canadian Ariana Grande. It's perfect. <laughs> Circling towards away from magic. <laughs> Although if you do have questions, I'm happy to answer them. I'll read your tarot cards one day. I swear. I, I would love that. I would love that. Yes. I've I had like one tarot card reading. I found it so fascinating. I read them for people all the time. And like, it, it's so spooky, but the, like, it's just energy. Like you just have to know, like, I'll actually like read your tarot cards anytime. Okay. Um, sick. Okay. So you said you're going on tour next week. Let's hear a little bit about that. So what, what can people expect from the new wild rivers tour? Um, so we are going to be playing new songs from the album, which is exciting. It's, we literally were just like playing them through for the first time today. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see how a lot of the album songs translate live and we're doing the U S for a month and then we're coming to Canada and doing two weeks in Canada and then we're going to Europe in May. Um, so lots of touring on the horizon. You had a Europe tour that you had to postpone, right? And then, yeah, this is the same one. We, we, we were supposed to go in September of 2020. 2020 <laughs> but now it's may 2022 and that's all good it's happening it's what an incredible experience you get to go to europe that's so cool what an accomplishment I know, i'm very excited i'm so excited i grew up in london so oh, really? to be able to play a show there is just like such a crazy full circle moment oh my god i'm so happy for you um so tour th- is this your third tour with wild rivers so <laughs> I guess our third like big tour, we, we did a lot of kind of small tours when we were just getting started. We'd go for like two weeks at a time and come back. And this is kind of our maybe third or fourth, like big, like five week run. So, yeah. Do you have any like favorite tour stories from those uh, trips with your band? Um, there's a lot of good ones. Uh <laughs> a lot of just like tour is just such an alternate universe where it's just such a weird lifestyle so I feel like there's just a lot of like strange experiences that we go through um at the very beginning we definitely have a lot of the stories of like roughing it and staying in just like the nastiest places and like all sharing one bed and like <laughs> classic classic like early band stories um we <laughs> I'm not going to tell the full story because it's not it's not as cool as it sounds and it's also just a really long story but the day before we went on a tour with the paper kites which was like our first big opening tour I love the paper kites yeah they're the best they're the best We, we were so excited for the tour it was like our first kind of big step up to play bigger shows and play opening for a band that we love and we were in LA and it was our first time in LA the night before the, sh- the show. And so we were like, oh, let's go explore. 
we went on a little adventure um and we ended up getting like arrested <laughs> and not not um what's it called not like charged for anything but handcuffed and uh banned from universal studios <laughs> for a year <laughs> and we were so scared that we were gonna be like exiled from the united states and not able to do the tour but luckily it was just park security and because it was universal theme park um and they we realized shortly into the whole endeavor that they didn't actually have like any power to do any of that stuff and the the only thing that happened is that we got banned from the theme park so we can't go to universal theme park but that was like that's like our crazy band story (laughs) what did you guys break into it we yeah we tried to go in and it was just it was just so stupid and that's what i'm saying like the, the story's not cool but it's pretty hilarious that we're like not allowed in the park (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and the funniest part of it is that we thought that it was the worst thing in the world this was years ago we thought that we were like the worst people in the world we we like refused to talk about it we didn't tell anybody we didn't tell our manager our families we were just like we will never speak of this again (laughs) we're so embarrassed and ashamed but meanwhile, it was just park security, not even. Like- yeah, it's just park security. But we got handcuffed. And That's that was weird. crazy. That, that is was wild. crazy. Yeah. Did it hurt getting handcuffed? Yes. Oh, God. It did. It did. But luckily, they the, the park security showed me grace because I was the only girl and I was also wearing a skirt. So they let me sit on this like rolled up red carpet while they were like being way harder on the boys. And, uh, it was honestly just cra- uh, crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> In hindsight, it's funny. But it honestly, it is funny. Like, it sounds scary getting arrested. But <laughs> um, so are you planning on doing any, like, solo tours, do you think, now that you're releasing your own stuff? Yeah, I would love to. I played my first show in L.A. in the fall, and that was kind of my first time, like, translating the songs to a live setting and playing with a band and it was so much fun um so I would I would really love to so hopefully that's in the books for maybe later this year maybe like early 2023 do you have any like funky pre-show rituals that you do before getting on stage um (laughs) nothing like nothing crazy we usually hang out in the green room and like chill do vocal warm-ups kind of the lame stuff and then my vocal coach um told me not this makes him sound bad he's actually the best but he told me that he advised me to take a shot of brandy I don't drink before shows because I become a really bad singer when I'm drunk (laughs) but he told me if I take a shot of brandy before I go on stage it relaxes the vocal cords and then like the sugar content in the brandy coats your throat in a really nice way so before every show I just take one shot of brandy and like brandy's pretty nasty I wouldn't it wouldn't be my drink of choice but isn't it like a liqueur kind of like liqueur whiskey no it's like a whiskey yeah it's like a sweeter whiskey it's like a very old lady drink I'm pretty sure that's my grandma's drink of choice but um yeah I just have like this little bottle of brandy as like my pre-show brandy (laughs) there's a Brandy always makes me think of the scene in the movie The Holiday. Um, have you <laughs> watched, watched it? 
Okay. Oh yeah. You know the scene where Jude Law comes in looking disheveled and drunk, and he's like, "There's a bottle of brandy. Do you fancy a glass?" <laughs> yes. I that's know what, exactly the scene. That's a, that's the only thing it made me think of. I don't know why. I don't think I've ever had brandy. <laughs> just but that is a good Jude, trick. Just me and Jude Law drinking brandy. Do you have any like dream collaborations? Like any musician out there, if you could just sit down and write like a hit song with them, who would it be? I have a million. Um, oh yeah. But I've recently been manifesting a Kishinata yes. collaboration because I think he's amazing. I love everything he does. And I just know that we can make something cool together. Um, I love like electronic dance music and especially his specific lane of that. And I've always kind of wanted to do something like that. Um, Manifest on the full moons. It's perfect. Is that right now? No, the next one I think is February 15th, just around okay. Valentine's Day. February 15th. I'll text you. Nada. I'll hit you up on February 15th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot. I have a lot. I I love uh, her. I love Dijon. Um, I've, honestly, so many people. I, do, I love collaborating and um, I think, it, yeah, there's so many people. <laughs> there's so many Canadian artists. But yeah, my number one right now, my mission is Kate Trinada. I think that's an achievable mission. I just, I'm putting it into the universe. Yeah, it is going to happen. <laughs> 2022 is the power year. It'll be perfect. So a lot of my friends who listen to the podcast are actually songwriters too. So do you have any advice to people who are like getting into songwriting or just in general? <laughs> oh, I mean, I feel like I need advice all the time. <laughs> I think... Infinite Here's my advice, actually. What I've learned is that every single songwriter that I know is worried about the same things. Everybody gets in their head. Everybody thinks that they're never going to do anything good ever again. Everybody thinks that they suck. <laughs> Even like really big, successful songwriters. And that's comforting in a way because it's like we all just have like this weird imposter syndrome of like, I don't know feeling a certain I don't know like doubt but I think that is also it also kind of helps fuel the process so just knowing that other people are struggling with the same thing just makes you realize like you just have to ignore it and keep going and just like you're always going to be your worst critic so if if you're judging yourself try and figure out whose voice that is because it's usually just yours it's usually just like a, you're 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 criticizing yourself and you're holding yourself back and no one is actually like thinking all the all the things that you're worried about yeah you know what actually uh did you ever watch the Billie Eilish doc that was on Apple yeah I remember there was a scene where she's like sitting with Phineas and she's like I'm so bad like I don't want to yeah. he was like I disagree. She's like, no, I'm, I'm so bad. And he was like, I know a lot of people who would disagree with that, Billy. And she's like, I don't yeah. care. Like, it's like so crazy to think that someone in that position can have that level of self-doubt. So just like what you're saying, like it, it's true the way that like artists are their own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember seeing that and being like so comforted by it, which is kind of like sadistic or something. <laughs> like, like I don't want her to feel that way. But I was just like, wow. Okay, like if she feels that way, then fuck it. I'm just going to go write a song because like, 
like who cares at this point if if we're never going to get to a point where we feel like because you on the other hand you never want to feel like you're the best at something because then you're never going to grow and you're never going to get better so I think it always works in your favor to to acknowledge that like okay there's always going to be someone better than me and like I just need to learn from them and like be inspired by that and work hard and like try and stay true to myself and keep pushing probably will probably never be satisfied <laughs> music is a never end never ending like <laughs> climb I swear um yeah. but there's there's actually a quote that I feel like Selena Gomez says all the time I think I'm the right that's the right person she was like if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room mm-hmm. and I was like yes which is like that's kind true. of alarming but yeah just that's like to your true. point exactly what you said like there's always going to be someone better than you kind of thing it's just like letting it positively motivate you rather than letting it negatively motivate you because if you choose to see that like being not being not the best person in the room as a discouraging thing of being like oh like that means I suck I should just like stop then you should just stop but it's like if you choose to see it as like okay cool like I have a long way to go and like I probably always will and I can just like take the little lessons from this experience and just like try to apply them to my process then that's I think that's just a healthy way to look at it it's all about perspective and like I I don't want to sound preachy because I often fall into the first category where I'm just like oh like I'm the worst but when you get a little like context and you can see like okay I just need to take these things as they come I'm gonna feel like this a lot of the time but I'm also gonna feel great about a song once in a while and I have to hold on to that and just know it's going to come again yeah perfect um I have I well it's kind of one question but it's two parts I'm wondering what your favorite song off the new album from the Wild Rivers album is uh it's not out yet it is track one it's oh really more or less yeah okay I'm excited um yeah I feel like I don't know if it will be everybody's favorite, but it just hits me in like a really emotional spot. And I it's one of the only songs I'm like. I get so tired of things that I make so quickly. My manager was like, wow, I really didn't know that you were the kind of person who like hates everything you do (laughs) and I was like oh really do I like is that me more than anybody else and she was like yeah you're very like self-critical this is the only song that I'm I like have never disliked I love it so much and I just like feel like it's just got a specific feeling to it that it just like yeah it just hits me in a in a real spot so track one okay it's on my list so are you like one of those artists that's not going to play like their old hits because you're like really tired of them? You know how like Lord doesn't like the song Royals anymore or like, <laughs> is that going to, is that going to follow you? I mean, like I want to take my entire first EP off Spotify, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to. If you do, can you send me the MP3 of I'll Real Shot, please? <laughs> yes. No, I, I think like, I think it sucks when artists have that attitude because as soon as you release something it's really not yours anymore like it's really not yours to take back you know you've like given this thing to it's like giving someone not a present because that makes it sound like 
no it's not like a present but it's like you've given someone an experience and then you're yeah. like trying to like take it back um so i don't think that's fair and especially when when artists have like hits and they won't play them it's like okay but this made you so much money gave you so many opportunities like come on just if you don't like the song just like honor it for all the amazing things it brought so i i won't be like that but (laughs) but i definitely have thoughts of that kind of thing i've thought about that before i was like imagine that you were at a killer's concert and they didn't play mr Brightside. They're just yeah, like, like no, nope. they, they have to. They, they have to. They simply have to. They like, have to. They have no choice. It's not up to them. Um, and so, sidebar. Then, what's your favorite song off of? I guess I won't say. <laughs> I won't say "Pick Noise," but "Liquid Sunshine." <laughs> no, 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 no. I can appreciate. Here's the thing. Like, I feel like when I decided to be an artist. I accepted the fact that I was going to be like learning out loud and like finding my voice as a solo artist and as like a solo writer in through releasing things because a lot of the time like it's kind of like a litmus test to like see how like as soon as the song comes out it really shows you like it gives you a lot of context like how do I actually feel about this and how do I what can I learn from it and so like although I was kind of like shitting on my first EP (laughs) I don't mean it in like a negative way I just mean like I feel like now it's like I appreciate the clarity that it's given me moving forward like I know what I want to do differently and that's like that's great that's amazing um so I don't like I I I I I appreciate it um but I didn't take it as like a (laughs) cynical response to just like grown on move forward yeah that's the thing it's like a time capsule and like when you look at old pictures of yourself from like grade a and you're and you're cringing that's like the same feeling like oh yeah no you're like why did I wear that (laughs) why did I do my hair like that like why that's kind of the vibe but maybe I just I, I just like move on too quickly um but pink noise what's my favorite song on pink noise well I have a soft spot for make up your mind because it was the first song I ever produced and so that's special in a way that like or the first song I ever produced that I released hmm. and um yeah that's probably that holds nice significance and then off of my most recent ep um nascar is for sure my favorite i love that one thank you <laughs> how is your cocktail oh, that's by the okay way? it's so good i'm, I'm almost finished done. right now i have a beer yeah, beside me done. now <laughs> i'm so glad you liked it what would you rate it Ooh, i would give it like a solid eight like gin and tonics are actually my favorite drink so i am so glad you knew that but I like love this. Did they send you one of the, of the other tonics too? They did. Oh my they, gosh. Yeah, there's three more. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the pink tonic, back to pink, your spirit, your like power color. Um, it's like my favorite. Rose and cucumber. If you like gin and tonics, like I swear it's so nice. Wow. It's really, really good. I'm um, excited to try it. And if anyone else wants to try it, you can use the promo code cocktails 25 and get 25% off any of your orders at fitchandleads.ca. Also, if you're in the GTA, there's free shipping. So like, why not? It's really delicious. No one can leave the house right now anyway. 
Yeah, that's true. I'm glad I discovered it. I've never had it. I actually really want to ask you about thinking about love. Can you tell me a little bit about how that song came to be and like the meaning behind it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that I didn't write that song, but the song was written by Cal and um, our really good friend, Robin Delunto, who's a incredible songwriter. She's also from Toronto now based in Nashville and Cal was on a writing trip. I want to say 2018, maybe 2018 or 2019. Um, And I mean, I don't want to speak too much on his experience, but this is quite public knowledge that he went through a tough breakup. And I think like the main meaning behind the song is um, the motivations behind the perspectives, like thinking the, the line is you're just thinking about tomorrow and I'm just thinking about love. Like you're thinking about the future and you're focused on like the, you know, the logistics of the, the, reality and feasibility of the relationship and all I can think about is like the feeling um so it's it's a really special song in that way and then he brought it to me and the rest of the band and I love singing kind of soulful um songs in that range it just felt like really up my alley so when we were rehearsing it and producing it out together as a band it just felt like so so natural and uh yeah just just always had such an authentic feel felt really easy and felt like we knew the direction that it needed to go as soon as we played it for the first time so I think when things just feel that natural within the group we know there's something special to it um so I'm really glad that it's done as well as it has so far amazing um well Devin is there anything you want to add before we kind of start to wrap up our interview um no I guess I'm I'm just I'm going on tour with the band and then this summer I'm hopefully recording my first album so that's kind of the the main thing that's going on right now um working towards that and yeah so hopefully you'll hear more music from me soon I really hope so. So if you guys want to follow Devin, it's at Devin Glover or is it at just Devin? Just at Devin. At Devin on Instagram, or you can find her band Wild Rivers on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you stream. You can also find them at wildriversmusic.com where you can buy tickets for the upcoming tour. Um, They're playing in Toronto early March as well as Kingston. I know a lot of people who listen to this are in Kingston, like Queens, that kind of stuff. So check check out uh, all their tour dates where they're playing. And who doesn't need live music in 2022? This is our year, ladies. We're coming back. This is our year. Live music is coming back for good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Devin. It has been so lovely having you and catching up. And I am so excited. Wishing you guys the best on your tour that uh, leaving next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, follow Devin at Devin on Instagram or me, which is Steph Sysom on Instagram or cocktails and contemplation. And always remember to drink and contemplate responsibly.